Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will recap the week that was and what a week it was to kick off 2022. Uh, joining me for the conversation for the first week in review preview of the new year. Glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Leslie Falconio, Senior Fixed Income Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So Leslie, Happy New Year. Hope you had an enjoyable holiday season. Season. Looking forward to our conversation. Welcome back. Thank you, Dan. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you, Leslie. So heading into 2022, Leslie, investors understood uh, they anticipated a more hawkish monetary policy direction. Yet on Wednesday of this week, the release of the December FOMC meeting minutes, uh, those suggested perhaps a more aggressive or accelerated roadmap than anticipated. So can you break down the details of the minutes for us? Sure. And, you know, Dan, you're absolutely right. And, you know, after the December FOMC meeting, you know, they sort of set the tone to a bit more hawkish outlook in terms of them acknowledging that the, you know, the strength of the economy is still on, on solid footing and that likely, and as we know, because they took out the word transitory, that inflation will be higher for longer. So the market actually turned a bit more hawkish at that point. And when, we were, when the December meetings were released, which I do want to you know, just mentioned to have a caveat. I mean, this, these minutes were released prior to some of the, the the increases that we've seen from COVID during the holiday season. But nonetheless, I mean, you know, these minutes, although was, were expected to be hawkish, had a little bit more of a hawkish overlay to them, you know, particularly when it came to discussion of when exactly maximum employment will be reached, which they indicated, you know, maybe sooner than what's going to be initially expected. So if you, if you set a target or goals of price stability and maximum employment and you're, and those goals are being set, then you have to react. So that was the first thing that was a little bit more hawkish. The second thing was actually the discussion about, you know, the balance sheet unwinding, and it shifted to, you know, not an if they're going to unwind the balance sheet, but when. And I think that really was something that the market was in them, you know, it was a discussion to the market, but they didn't expect actually to go into that type of depth that they saw in the minutes of how much they were talking about it, and particularly as it pertains to how they're looking at the shape of the yield curve. I mean, as we've discussed and as we've written about numerous times, I mean, since June of 2020, when the Fed first, you know, rose, you know, increased the dots, right, and became preemptive, the yield, the yield curve has been flattening, 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 right? So because the market's saying the Fed is going to be preemptive, therefore there's a possibility that it stalls growth, so the curve flattens. Now, what the balance sheet would do is that it's another way to sort of, you know, uh, tighten financial conditions, if you will. And I'm using the word tighten loosely because it's really not, they're not really going to be tight for quite some time, but it's a way to sort of mitigate that potential inversion of the yield curve. So that was really was something that the market wasn't anticipating and the market took that as hawkish. Leslie, thank you for that breakdown. Now, with respect to the market response, how did investors respond, Leslie, initially to the release of the minutes and has the chief investment office's longer term market outlook at all changed in consideration of what we've learned from the Fed this week? Well, the one thing that the market did was that there was always sort of this, you know, after the actual December FOMC meeting, you know, you had like this 50-50 of whether or not there would be a March increase in the Fed fund rate. You know, the market is pricing in, the market is pricing in, you know, about, you know, over four, maybe close to to almost five plus interest rate hikes in 2020, which makes these hikes like over much more, much more than just once a quarter. So the fact that they became, the fact that these March rate hikes, the beginning of the rates went from 60 to 80, you know, 60 to like 90%, 
you know, is something that is very hawkish. It's not CIO's view that the Fed is anywhere near that aggressive. We are expecting, you know, rate hikes in, in 2022 at the latter part and knowing near what the market is, is pressing in right now. Thank you, Leslie. So maybe we can focus in on rates for a moment. I know you're our resident expert on rates. So curious to hear your thoughts on the notable movement, the upward momentum we've witnessed this week in rates, where they may be headed from here. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, in, in the fourth quarter of, of 2021, I'd actually thought that we would have reached close to that 2% and 2% handle, if you will, in tender yield, meaning the tender yields would begin with a two and not a one. And I think that if it wasn't from for the announcement on November 26th from the variant and, you know, the unexpected of Omicron, we would have reached that because the paradox of higher for longer inflation combined with lower for longer interest rates could only last a long. And now it's our view that, you know, as we head into this first, the first quarter, even though we've moved a tremendous amount in the first, you know, seven days of the year, and we're pushing up to remember the mark, the 2021 high in interest rates was a 1.77, which we were almost, we're, you know, give or take three basis points, we're pretty much there right now. So our, our, my expectation is, is that you will see this continued rate rise in the first, in the first half of 2022. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be a straight line because there's a lot of things due to the variant that we really need to see play out, even though we believe it will not have an overly material impact on growth. You know, you're going to have these pockets of vulnerability. So it won't be a straight line, but I do think that interest rates really rise. The majority of them will rise in the first part of 22. And I do anticipate, you know, the 10-year yield will be above 2%. And then by the end of the year, it'll come down to around the 2% level. So, Leslie, with that rate outlook, that policy backdrop in mind, if we spend a few moments here on allocation within fixed income, I know the fixed income strategist was just released. As a fixed income investor, where should I turn to for yield at the moment, Leslie? Well, there's two things. I mean, you know, we always talk about this yield versus shield, okay, in the fixed income market. And this is something, a bit of a rule of thumb. When you look for carry, right, and if you're doing investment for carry purposes alone, like yield, you should do it in the short end and mostly like credit. And it could be either be senior loans or if you want to do high yield, instead of senior loans, you want to go really short those in the short end. So that's where you earn your carry. Now, we've been in this allocation, preferred allocation for senior loans since, you know, you know, May or June of 2020, because we've been bearish. Interest rates have been bearish. We think interest rates are going to rise. We prefer the floating rate asset. You know, the corporate balance sheets are strong. Defaults are low. The fundamentals are intact. And actually, that is, still remains our preferred sector. Even though senior loans were one of the top performing asset classes in 2021, we really think that this will be, you know, another spotlight sector in 2022 for two reasons. One, I think interest rates rise. Two, because we think real yields are going to progressively become, as they have in the first seven days, less negative, right? So you're going to have real yields rising. And therefore, those people who go into things like tips to, you know, look as an inflation protection, you have to remember, tips are long the real yield. So when real yields rise, that goes against you. You know, we think we'll have this allocation, as we saw in 21, if you want to have sort of this, quote, unquote, hedge to a rising or longer, uh, higher for longer inflation, you're going to go into senior loans, which are still fundamentally sound. So that's what we're going to do with the carry. Now, the second thing is when we talk about shield is that that's for your total return. And your total return is really what you earn in the long run of the yield curve, right? You take a more interest rate risk, you take a little bit more duration, but those have to be a little bit more longer term holds. I mean, right now we're long, we like still like CMBS. We think it's, it's definitely cheaper to corporate credit. It's had, you know, a, a few hiccups due to, you know, not going back to the office and travel and leisure, you know, 
things that we've had in terms of a headwind recently because of the variant, where we still like CMBS. But overall, I mean, when we look at how the year will progress, we're going to normalize, right? We're not in a tightening scenario. Financial conditions are not going to be overly tight this year, but interest rates are normalizing. So when we end the year at around that 2% level, you're going to be right back to where you were at the end of 2019 before the uh, pandemic occurred. And because of that, it's not a bad thing to sort of start to add or average costs in that shield, that long end, particularly if you have a heavy equity portfolio or asset classes such as senior loans that have a high correlation to equity. So that's really how we're, you know, you know, focused right now. We, our favorite is by far senior loans that remains. There's no question that, you know, we, we we're starting the year at compressed spreads with the amount of cash on the sidelines in 21, the quest for yield, the accommodation. We've had spreads very, very tight entering in, but just because they're tight, we don't expect them to have a blowout, but there'll probably be a little bit of better opportunity to add as we sort of, you know, as, as more information is known about the variant and as the Fed starts to shift policy. Well, thank you, Leslie, for the guidance on allocation. I will plug it again that the fixed income strategist publication title is The End Game, now available up on UBS.com forward slash CIO for our clients, listeners to reference. I will point out that Leslie will be joining us on January 18th here on top of the morning for a deeper dive on that publication. So something to look forward to. All right. So Leslie, at this point, maybe we can turn to the preview portion of our conversation. So we're turning the page on an eventful start to 2022. Looking ahead to next week, Leslie, what will be taking place that you'll be keeping an eye on? There's no question that, that you know, the inflation numbers are going to be key. There's actually a lot out next week, but the CPI data on the 12th will be something that the market is focused on for a number of reasons, as we all know, right? It's been, you know, a huge topic of conversation. It's an indicator of really how, you know, and we'll set the tone of some of the conversations as we go to the FOMC meeting on that, you know, 25th or 26th of January. So the CPI and the, and, the, and the inflation numbers are really going to be key. And to look at things like how owners equivalent rent, which is 25% of CPI, comes out. And they really want to see whether or not there has been some sort of change in terms of the recent supply chain bottlenecks that we've seen because of the variant. So that's really the key one. But again, there's things like retail sales, there's PPI. So, so next week is really going to have Outside of today's employment number, you know, now we have now we have the employment part. Now we're switching to the inflation part, which is next week, and I think that's going to be a really key, both on, you know, that we see, you know, on the 12th, the 13th, and then retail sales on the 14th are all really going to be indicators in terms of setting the tone to the next FOMC meeting to the end of the month. Okay, so a busy macro calendar next week. I will point out as well that on January 11th on the Fixed Income Conversation Corner, Leslie will be joining us with Dwight Scott of Blackstone. So that will be taking place next Tuesday, something to mark your calendars for. We'll look forward to that conversation next week. Though, Leslie, thank you for dropping by Top of the Morning today. Appreciate your insight, your guidance as always, and we will look forward to catching up with you again next Tuesday. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Likewise. Thank you, Leslie. And again, today we've been joined by Leslie Falconio, Senior Fixed Income Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients, our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. The 
These resources can all be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO. I did highlight the fixed income strategist, the end game available now. Also, Leslie recently authored a blog which recaps fixed income performance in 2021 towards the back end. Uh, that title is Fixed Income Out with the Bang. So both resources now available. If you are a client of UBS, please contact your financial advisor to learn more or if you would like to receive a copy of the publication and the blog directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.